The Denver Nuggets have hit the quarter mark of the season. Are they on track for where they want to be? Are they behind? Where are they behind? Where are they ahead? We'll talk about the players, the offense, the defense, Jokic, the bench, the works. This is your quarter report here on the Denver Nuggets on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Sunday night for World's Finest. Glad to be here with you guys on a Sunday night. Sorry we are behind. Uh, got delayed by uh, unfortunate events in the sporting world. And so I was a little bit behind on all the things we got to do. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us uh, later in the evening. Thank you for these comments Adam is showing. I was trying to find, like scrolling on people have weird comments today. Weird Sunday energy in the comment section. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us and joining us. Uh, we are on all platforms, so you can catch us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can leave a five-star review while you're there on Spotify. YouTube.com slash Locked on Nuggets. Best way to support the show. Go there, hit the subscribe button. I say it before every show, but I am taking a second for you to tell you, hey, take a moment, open up the app. I know you got YouTube on your Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. I know you got it on your phone. Go to YouTube.com, search for Locked On Nuggets, like and subscribe. Best way to support the show. And you can join the live show. So you can hang out with us when we go live throughout the week. I'm Matt Moore. I'm senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Adam Mares from DNVR. Want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. On today's show, we're going to go over the Denver Nuggets of the quarter mark. They've played 21 games. They are one of only a handful of teams to do so. So they're, yeah, they've gotten to this part ahead of schedule. We talked about how they, you know, their schedule was so intense to start. We're going to have kind of go over things a little bit, bit by bit and kind of see how things we think are going. We'll talk about uh, why I think the offense is actually a little bit behind schedule despite some overall strong numbers. Touched on some of it last night. Want to get Adam's thoughts on it. Um, we'll talk about whether the defense is ahead of schedule or behind in schedule. And we'll, of course, talk about the bench as well. Later on in the show, uh, we'll talk about Adam's thoughts on Nikola Jokic and how he's evolving as a basketball presence, not just on the floor, but off it as well uh, as we'll get some, some uh, predictions for the in-season tournament this week. Uh, Adam, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Starting a new week. Only two games this week, though. I'm a little bummed about that. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be weird. There's, uh, there's, you know, we had no games on Sunday night, and there's no games next Sunday night, and then there's all these like weird breakup times of the this week because they put the the in season tournament games in the spotlight. We'll talk about more of those later. So Denver's at the quarter mark, and the Denver Nuggets, as we sit here on Sunday night, uh, are. 14 and seven. They are third in the Western Conference. They're 12 and five in conference. It's a very good mark. They're two and one in division. They're nine and zero oh at home, but five and seven on the road. Um, and they're five and five in their last 10. They played a significant chunk of these games without Jamal Murray. And, you know, we don't know how long Jamal is going to be out with the ankle. So there'll be at least a few more. Or at least maybe not. Maybe he'll be back. By Wednesday, who knows? I think um, he'll be back Wednesday, don't you? You think, you think he'll be back Wednesday? I don't I know. I mean, he played in his game, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I bet he's back. Yeah, we'll see. Um, in general, okay, at 14 and 7, do you think Denver is ahead or behind of where you expected them to be? 
Right on schedule. I think they have probably the exact record I would have guessed, you know, had I really gone on game by game or, you know, studied it. The fact that they have been, they're seven and one with Jamal Murray. They struggled a little bit. They really have one stretch where they struggled this year. It was a five game road trip and they struggled on it. Outside of that, they haven't. And they've struggled in very specific ways. Now, some things have been a lot better than I expected. Reggie Jackson. Some things have been a little bit worse, you know, than expected. But I think on the whole, they are right where I sort of expected them to be. Um, and, and I actually think when you really break down what matters, the most important things are probably more encouraging, with one exception, which is Jamal Murray's health. They are fourth in overall schedule-adjusted net rating. They are third on really. Net. Yep. Third. What is it, what's one, two, three, real quick? Uh, Boston, Philadelphia, and oh. Minnesota. Okay. All right. Well, those are all good teams, so I like it. And Denver's right behind Minnesota. It's uh, Boston at plus nine, Philly at plus six, and then uh, Minnesota at plus 4.6, and then Denver's all the way at plus 4.4. OKC's right behind Denver at plus 4.3, notably. Um, Denver has the third best offensive rating, schedule adjusted, and 16th best defense. So this actually looks a lot like kind of what we expected for the overall season, which is funny because we kind of talked about how there's – the start of the year when Murray was healthy, and then there's after when Murray got hurt and how different they are. Um, on pace for 54 wins in terms of just, you know, if you just win, win percentage built off of 82 games, I would agree that they're where they want to be. Um, I don't think that they're drastically ahead. I think they were obviously to start the season. And that's kind mm-hmm. of maybe the caveat here is like, they are fully healthy further ahead from where I thought they would be but they did happen to get hurt and that showed some of the blemishes in terms of not just the bench, but the starters too, in terms of being able to hold things up whenever they're missing at least Jamal Murray. Maybe it's different if AG or MPJ miss a game, but um, definitely didn't look great without Aaron in that stretch either. So um, kind of interesting to look at how important it is for them to be fully healthy. It's not surprising given their roster makeup, like everyone's going to be like, well, we have to be healthy. But the Denver Nuggets, more than anybody else, I think, have to have their starting five healthy to reach their true potential. So I think if you do this just like with the good and the bad, the good is Reggie Jackson's probably number one. That him or Nikola Jokic. I, I mean, we always do this with Jokic where we just – I don't know. It's so funny. Look, we're going to talk about this later, but Jokic is better than ever. I'm, I'm, just, never. I'm more than certain of this now that Jokic has actually made a step up from what he was last year, and I didn't expect that. So that is a huge big uh, plus. Reggie Jackson, huge plus. I think that – Hmm, is there anybody else I would say huge plus? Probably not. And then you say the weak, the the the, the negatives for me would be Zeke Naji slash backup center just in general. Like we expected this to be the Zeke Naji breakout year. And then of course Jamal Murray's health. And when you talked about the Nuggets starters have checked that box already, part of me wonders they got to reset. Like it's it's not a guarantee that Murray's going to come back and they're going to be like, oh, there it is again, the champions. There might be a a bumpy ride reintegrating Jamal Murray as good as he is it's just he's gonna have to get back in shape he's gonna have to get back in rhythm he's gonna have to get back confident so to me it's almost like the positives and negatives are are sort of an equal measure yeah it does feel like for everything that could bring them down they've gotten something like oh that's been unexpected and good like Reggie Jackson and for every um kind of like nice thing that's happened it's been like you know zeke and like the backup center spots really rough and jamal got hurt it's kind of balanced out really well uh or just really evenly rather not well but balanced out really evenly 
Uh, I do want to ask you this. So Aaron Gordon is averaging 13.4 points. He's shooting 49.5% from the field, 23% from three-point range. I have to bring this up. I don't bring this up enough. I was thinking about this today. He's shooting 52% from the line, 52%. Ooh. He's he's only averaging uh, 3.8. Well, 3.8 assists is pretty good. 3.8 assists, 7.2 rebounds, and uh, two stocks a game. Do you think Aaron Gordon has been better or worse than you expected this season? Worse, no, no question about it. And some of this is maybe fatigue or, or or the injury or this or that. But so far, and maybe it's and honestly, Matt, some of this might be that Aaron Gordon's even older than than you, not by much, by a little bit. But I do wonder if he's just kind of like, all right, it's a long season, man. I got to pace myself on this because he looks relaxed to me. He doesn't look like a guy that is struggling you know, mentally or this or that. He just looks like a guy that's kind of in first gear or second gear. So, but he's definitely been worse. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, we'll talk about some of the other starters and whether we think they'd even better or worse than expected. We'll also, I'm going to try and uh, convince Adam of maybe the most alarmist take imaginable, uh, which is me trying to make the case. The Nuggets offense is behind schedule. We'll talk about that plus the defense and get into the big picture stuff more as we review the Nuggets at the quarter mark up next on Locked on Nuggets. Right now, I want to tell you about Jace Medical. I know we came to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's pretty scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if, you know, my wife or one of my kids got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. That could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's jacemedical.com and offer code LOCKEDON for $20 off your order at jacemedical.com. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us here on a Monday. I hope your week's starting off great. Uh, Adam, um, by the way, Aaron Gordon is younger than Jokic. I did not realize that for some reason. Yeah. In my head, I had it backwards. I thought they were one year apart, which they are like six months apart. But I don't know I had that wrong. Because um, you you imagine Jokic has so many years ahead of him. Because oh, I don't want to think of the other one. You ways. don't want to think about, about what happens after. Um, so... I, I talked about Aaron and kind of where he's at. Let's talk about MPJ because he's another interesting one. I talked about him a little bit last night. Um, he is at 17 points per game, which is really good. Eight boards, which is great. 1.8 assists, uh, averaging 1.3 stocks per game, 48% from the field, 38% from three. He's got an EFG of 58%. Um, he is shooting 38% from three now. Uh, do you think Aaron, do you think Michael Porter Jr. is ahead or behind of what you expected? This is a really tough one. I, I would say that Michael Porter is on a different path than I expected him to be on this year so far. So it's weird to judge him as being further or ahead or behind because he's walking in a different direction than I expected. Um, I will say that I'm encouraged by the the direction he's going. I think that he has been a little gun shy as he tries to not force shots. And I'm guessing that that is probably at least in part why he has struggled with his shot so far. But I think it's going to flatten out by the time the the uh, end of the year gets here. So, I, I 
it's a tough one to, to answer. It's definitely been different than what I expected, but I think there's a lot of encouraging things like what you mentioned, the rebounding. Yeah. Uh, the defense has had really high moments. He's had more high moments than low is what I'll say. It's like, I think we can look back and go like, there were so many that were like, that was a great MPJ defensive game. And that was a great MPJ defensive game. And then he's had a couple where he's had some trouble, but I think overall he's been still been uh, much better than I think at least as, as good as you could expect this season based off of, he was pretty good last year. Um, you just expect him to shoot. Well, that's the only thing is you just always expect him to shoot. Well, and this year he's only shooting good. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that in just one second. I do want to get to this point from grace who says AG is not getting easy lobs in the Jokic Murray pick and roll since Jamal went out. Don't love true. I think don't love that. He isn't able to make any shots outside the restricting area. Do you want to know why I actually, I think that is Reggie is very much a North South guy. It is pick and roll, and either he gets downhill or he th- he throws the lob. And he is not – like, Jamal is much more squiggly off yeah. of pick and rolls. He stretches defense out, and that means that there's, I think, a little bit more space underneath for those sequences to work. It's one of the reasons why I don't think that, like, Reggie and Jokic and Jam- and um, Aaron have the same chemistry as the other three do. Well, it, uh, it for sure is probably a part of it. And I think the other part is just that Jokic and Murray have – 10 15 20 times the reps that mm-hmm. that reggie jackson does so those pocket passes arrive a little bit cleaner a little bit easier and they get the ball moving a little bit more so i i do think that that is a big part of the ag uh equation here but i will say he does look like he does the teams are not guarding him and he doesn't look like he's comfortable shooting the three just yet for whatever reason so I talked about this on last night's show, and this is the reason why I think the, the Nuggets offense is behind schedule. Now, the overall numbers are excellent. They're third in schedule adjusted offense um, facing the third toughest offense in the league so far. They are fourth in half court offense, which is really good. I still think that they are leaving a lot of meat on the bone and that they could be a lot better and they could be more in the one, two tier than the three, four. And if you look at it, like the actual numbers, there's some drop it drops there. I mentioned the stat last night, Adam, the nuggets are 20th and three pointers made per hundred possessions. That's pace yeah. adjusted. Uh, then there's the thing. And again, I, I should have mentioned this more. I haven't mentioned this enough and I don't know why, but I just haven't. They're dead last in free throw percentage. And so <laughs> They're leaving it's a real thing, man. They're leaving a lot of meat on the bone. And if you're in a spot where teams know that they can foul you and get away with it, that slows down your points per possession mark. And that keeps your all your passing is great. But if they just foul you at the end and you're only getting one point per possession, it's not good enough in today's NBA. It was good enough, you know, 15 years ago. It's not nearly good enough now. And so the, the only guy, though, I'll say this the only guy I think you really worry about in on that front is Aaron Gordon. Because Yoke, I mean, look, Yoke is struggling with his free throws. You're right that he's leaving points on the, the table, and it is important overall. But if you're just specifically talking about teams know they can foul you, Yoke's shooting 78%. Like, as much as we wish he was higher on, on those numbers, you can't foul a guy that shoots 78%. That That's 1.5 points per 100 possessions. That's 150 offensive rating. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I'm not worried about Jokic. But it's Aaron Gordon. It, I mean... Okay, so here's one. MPJ only has 31 this season, so he doesn't have a lot. Like, that's just not a lot across 21 games. 31 across 21 games. But he is at 74%, which is worse than Jokic this season. Like, if you're going to be, like, a a high-level guy, you kind of imagine him as a 50-40-90 shooter. As a shooter. Yeah. And so, like, those little drags, I think, are are kind of 
meaningful for when we look at um, how these things have gone. Casey, Reggie, you, Reggie Jackson too, sixty four percent somehow. Yeah. Like honestly, it's a team wide epidemic. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I was surprised when I looked at the numbers because I expected KCP's three point percentage to be way down, but it's not. It's 41%. 41 41. He is rock solid. Yeah. Joker's is at thirty percent. I do want to ask you about that. Like, do you think that that evens out by the by the end of the season? Uh, no, but I think that he makes him in the playoffs. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, that's definitely fair. Remember, I do think he experimented with shooting a bunch of threes because he hasn't been shooting a ton lately, has he? I no, don't think he has. I don't think so. I think he did a little experiment. Yoke's, Yoke's experimenting this year. Which, hey, uh, he, he's welcome to do so. Uh, Reggie's 41% from three. Christian's as Christian's 41% from three. He's 14 to 34. Uh, that's really surprising to me. Remember when P. Watt hit like three in the first four games? And we were like, if Watson can hit those three, yeah, he's four of 19 now. Um, I also mentioned this last night, Adam, that again, we go back to the Murray absence. Uh, guess what Murray's shooting from three when Jokic and Aaron are on the floor? What, what, who is Jamal Murray from three with Yoke and AG? 40%. 55% from three. There we go. Like he's been absolutely lights out. Now, again, we get into the problem of the bench unit, right? Of no shot yeah. creation, no penetration. So they kind of struggle. Um, my point here, though, I think is you look at these overall numbers and they're more than good enough and they can get into the playoffs. And they're again, they're 14 and seven and things have been great. But I do kind of look at them and I do think that there is maybe a capacity for them to be significantly better. Um and I am not somebody that usually takes high marks and goes like, they could be even better. I'm like, you're good. Like, it's hard to be good in the NBA. Take the win. But I do kind of worry in games like last night versus the Kings about these situations where teams are able to outpace them from three-point range. And that to me is like, it's more about, it's less about the overall numbers for the offense. And for me, it's more about, you need to make sure that you don't have, they, last year, there was not a type of team that could beat them. And right. you don't want to fall, I think, into to a trap of going into a situation where it's like, yeah, the Nuggets don't take a lot of threes. That's how you can maybe outpace them. That, to me, is maybe something for them to be concerned about. But maybe that's also a defensive question more than it is an offensive one. The pace, they, I'll tell you this. It's not something I worry about just yet. You are missing one of your best three-point shooters, your second highest three-point taker. Um so I think that is a large part of it. And then you went through a, that road stretch where the bench didn't score at all, let alone from three. So I, I think that the, I think Denver's going to be a good offense and a good three point shooting team at some point this year. The Murray piece is the big part of this is it's it's not urgent. We're two years early in the year for anything to be urgent, but I am hoping that he gets back soon and gets a little bit of a rhythm going with the offense so we can actually start to judge some of these other things. Like we learned some important things in Murray's absence. The 3.1 is not one I'm ready to say we've learned just yet. I want to wait for him to come back. And then if it's still there, it's like, okay, we we learned that about this team, but I'm just not willing to go there on that one. How I don't know that we had I don't this is I'm just gonna ask a question. How, do you think the bench is a is a header behind your expectation preseason? I think it's right where well, there's some guys that are and some guys that aren't, but I think overall it's right where I expected. Um if I because I don't feel like it's solved, there has been moments where you felt like it was the worst thing possible, and then there's been moments where it's like, oh, that's what they're gonna do. But none of those are definitive. Like we're still if you told me in the next 10 games the bench is terrible, I would believe it. If you told me in the next 10 games the bench is better than it's been all year, I would believe it. Mm -hmm. I think both of those things are on the table. Um, Peyton Watson to me is ahead of schedule. Now, this is very recent, 
I think it's really a last five games thing, but I feel like the last five games or so have been very encouraging about what it, he, what it is he's trying to do. And then of course, capable of doing, I think Julian Strother is probably a little ahead of what I expected just because I didn't think he was going to play very much. And then I think Zeke Nagy is way behind what I expected. So I think it evens out to about where I expected in aggregate. Reg, Reggie's obviously way ahead of what Yeah, I Reggie's way ahead of all, of all of our expectations. Uh, on the other side, I want to get into something that Adam said on the DMVR show, and we'll talk about that, as well as we'll get predictions for the in-season tournament. We'll talk about that up next on Locked on Nuggets. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get a $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Uh, I, I bet a lot of money on the Green Bay Packers, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, that's right. I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing, not crying. That's me enjoying it. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Go to the IST tab, the in-season tournament tab on the NBA section. They have exactas and like various outcomes. There's a lot of value to be found there, as well as in-season tournament MVP. Uh, I have a Halliburton MVP ticket, and I have a Zion Williamson MVP ticket, as well as a Booker and KD split. So definitely congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers for winning the tournament. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash on, and you can kick off the NFL and NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. Adam, uh, you had a, a really interesting kind of conversation about Jokic, and it's really funny to me that we keep being like, he can't possibly be better. This has to be the peak. And he keeps finding ways and searching ways. And like, he just expands into all of these gaps. Like he's like an ever expanding thing where it just invades all of these corners of basketball knowledge and control and excellence. And so uh, kind of want to give you the floor for just a second to kind of give the recap of that take real quick. And then my reaction to it. Well, I'll just give the quick recap, which is it's twofold. There's two parts of Jokic that I think are different than they have been in the past. And they're surprising. The first one is we learned over the summer, Joko Obradovic, that he was watching his seminars. And not just his. He watched Alan Piovich and, and uh, Kokoshkov and some other guys. He's watching coaches give basketball seminars to learn about the game from a coach's mind. Very unusual. Not something I think anybody would have guessed happened. He's coaching in the games more. We've always seen him orchestrate the offense and we saw him in the playoffs last year, grab the whiteboard and actually draw up plays this year. He's doing it all the time. He's telling Malo, no, we don't need you to call a play from the sideline. I've got the play we're going to run and it works. He seems more comfortable than I would have guessed. He ever would have been taking on those sort of responsibilities. And then he's coaching the players. It seems like Peyton Watson taking him under his wing, telling him where to be. Julian Strother, Christian Brown, he's trying to tell these guys, here's how you play basketball. I'm going to try to mentor you in these ways. And then the other part of this was I just think he's growing more intense, more serious. We always talked about should Jokic be aggressive or not. He's being more aggressive than we thought possible, than we ever thought he would be. And so I just say, let's look at his arc over the last four years. Both of those two things, the coaching and the aggressiveness, have been going up. Is it possible that we are just the midway point of what's eventually going to come of Jokic and that he's going to become more of a coach on the court, more intense and aggressive as time goes on? 
I have a uh, wild comparison for you. Let me hear it. Tom Brady. It's, it's actually was the guy. I haven't said this to anyone, but it was actually the thing I was thinking. I didn't want to give it, to be honest with you. I was a little bit like, I don't know. But no, it was, I, I love that you came up with this. Yeah. So you have a, I mean, you have a guy that this is wild. In, he's a late draft pick, right? Was yeah. didn't, didn't start in Michigan, comes yeah. in and then takes over. And then just it just works. And I'm not going to compare Malone to Belichick, even though I think Mike's Michael's excellent. Um, but I do what you kind of see is if you look at the career arc, it was like Brady was coachable and just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job. And then like he started to get better and he kind of expanded and they started to get better and they took more control and more control and more control. And then he has a season with Randy Moss where it's like it absolutely explodes. Right, and he's got right. all of this. And by the end of it, it's like, you know, Brady is able to command a field. He is able to command a locker room. He's able to command receivers and be like, no, no, don't do that. Do this. And like all of those things, you take on more and more ownership. We've talked about how Jokic controls the game. Yeah. And what you're talking about is he is now, uh, he is now taking ownership of the game. And that's like, I mean, if we talk about the guys that have done that historically, it is like LeBron, Magic, and I don't know. But no, I, I mean, I kind of not not LeBron. I mean, part of me that thinks not LeBron. Like, here, here's what it is, Matt. When we were asking, about, when I was asking about how could Jokic get better, and we're kind of scratching our head, like he's not going to get more athletic, right? Uh, is he? We were like better from three or this or that. The real answer is maybe it's the intangibles. And here's the thing with LeBron where I'm just not sure. I mean, look, I'm not close enough to LeBron to know, but he certainly didn't seem like the guy that – there's a lot of players that sort of like, you know, he didn't build up. They won because LeBron is so fantastic, but that guys that were almost like broken by the time they were done playing with LeBron, right? Like, like you get done. Yoke almost looks like he's looking at these young players and saying, this is what I'm given and it's probably all I'm going to be given. So how do I get a good team – based out of rookies and second-year players. I have to teach them basketball. I have to show them how this is done. I can't complain about Michael Malone's game plans or this or that. I need to be the one that figures out how to attack and how I and how I do these different things. And again, I think he respects the coach. I think he respects you. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's taking responsibility into things I thought he never would have considered his responsibility because of his personality. And that is what I think is opening up a new ceiling to him. I would agree with that. I think um... – the more serious and business like this is one of the things that i've really kind of wondered about because you see it with him wearing the suits to the post game and like yeah. it, he is like and i i want to be clear it's easy i think for me to identify the money as like a differentiator and how players approach their careers but even that's not really fair because it's more of like it there's two things that happen simultaneous three three things really the money they age, they just become more mature. They just move out of the immature part of their life. And three, they're exposed to a lot more. Once you make it in the league, there's a lot more voices of like, here's what you're capable of, both on court, off court, and in your life. But you have to take ownership of it. Right. And, you know, I'm not that this is about me because it's not, nothing is about me. But like, this is why I kept going back to the best player thing is what we're talking about is like, I I'm searching for that angle and less of the, are you the most talented slash best? It's more of, I'm very curious about his approach 
of taking ownership of the team, of right. the locker room, of the franchise, and how that's different from where he was. Like that story to me is really interesting. And I just haven't found the right to him to talk about it. I, I, because he won't, right? Like you almost have to trick him into talking about it. And, and you might be able to. I mean, I, there are little moments where we have sort of gotten through his defenses to opening up about, about some aspect of him here. But I think you're right that I don't think he thinks about his legacy. I think he thinks about greatness. Yeah. I think that there is something in him that I would not have guessed he would achieve five years ago. I would have not have guessed it where he is driven to be as great as he possibly can be. And I think he looks at it and is like, for me to be as great as I can be, I need Peyton Watson to be competent. I need Christian Brown. I need our scheme to be competent. I need our inbounds plays to be competent. And it's not that he doesn't trust any of those guys or Michael Malone or Calvin Booth or any of those things. It's just that he's like, if I can help this, I should. And he's helping more and more and more. And that to me is what's so encouraging. Honestly, He's being all aggressive and doing all these things, but to me, the way he is orchestrating and trying to walk guys through how to make a read here or there to me is such a big thing. And it, I, it honestly, Matt, gives me confidence in Peyton Watson. Like, it gives me confidence that Peyton Watson is going to work out because he has somebody there that's going to like give him the exact blueprint of how to work out. Elsewhere, the NBA plays in the end season tournament this week, starting on uh, Monday night. There's two games Monday, two games Tuesday, uh, two games on Thursday, and the final, the, f- the finals in Vegas on Saturday. I'll be in Vegas for the semifinals and finals later this week, so I have to figure that out. I'm very excited for it. It's gonna be a, a good time. What are you shaking your head at? I'm jealous. You, you sob. Yeah, uh, very. <laughs> I wanted excited to go then. so bad. It's gonna be cool. Um, it's gonna be awesome. So on Monday night, the Pacers play the Celtics. I was the best game. I, no, the second best game. Yeah, second, second best game. game of the week. Uh, the I would love to say that the Pacers can pull this off, but Boston just really Boston matches up very well with them. I think the Celtics get past them. I mean, you have to bet that. Um, what does FanDuel say, by the way? I'm guessing they have them as pretty heavy favorites, but uh, no, they're because it's in Indiana. They are only five point favorites in this game. Oh, it's in Indiana. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Look at this Boston at Indiana. How weird. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. <laughs> I think there's going to be some big time numbers. It's going to be incredible to watch. You have to be there watching it. Um, but I'm with you. I think Boston gets that one. I'm curious to see though how Indiana plays on that stage because they're young. They have nothing to lose, but they're also like none of those guys have played a meaningful. This is this the most meaningful game of this young core? Yes. That's a weird spot to be in, right? And meanwhile, the Celtics have been to the finals and most multiple conference finals. So. I'm very curious to see if the Bucks, Celtics, and Lakers and Suns are like, okay, we're going to try, but don't try too much. You don't want to seem like you're trying well, too hard. Uh, well, so. let's talk about that, though, Matt. Okay. Just real quick. How many minutes does Jason Tatum play in this game? If it's, Let's just assume it's close to the final two minutes. 38. <laughs> less than a playoff game but way more. more than a regular season okay yeah yep yep just enough okay. for five hundred thousand. um <laughs> the other east game on tuesday is bucks knicks i like the knicks in no, that no, game. no 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 monday you're talking monday yeah but we're doing the east side of the bracket buddy oh okay sorry bucks knicks is on uh is on tuesday. wait so it is east and west side yeah. 
Yes. Uh, man, I hate that. I don't actually don't like yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, I like the Knicks to beat the Bucks, even though the Bucks have been really good lately. The Bucks bench is a real problem. There's a huge. I like. It takes a lot for Tom Thibodeau to have a coaching advantage. He's a better coach than Adrian Griffin, and uh, I think the Knicks actually upset the Bucks, and then the Celtics beat the Knicks close in the East Finals. <laughs> I'm gonna be so annoyed, aren't I? We're going to get Celtics, Knicks. I know we're going to get the Lakers. Like, oh, the NBA is going to talk about what a success it was. Um, I could see it. That's a good game, too. I don't like watching either Milwaukee or New York, personally. I just don't like watching them. I don't enjoy it. But I do feel like that is a, a game that I could see Milwaukee winning. I could see the Knicks winning. Um, <laughs> players that you're just curious, are they going to have? Like, what? let me ask this, this question. This is an interesting one. What if the Bucks look bad? Is it a is because they've kind of looked bad but one and they're under the radar, but nobody's really hyping them up yet. Would it be bad for them to like lose this game? Yes, because the Adrian Griffin article would come out on Friday. Okay. That's All right. right. I kind of think it is too. I think Milwaukee will run into a narrative wall. King Kings Pelicans, I may go out and buy a bottle of liquor to drink during this game. I'm so excited for this. this game of the my, game of the night. So excited. Game of the of the week for me. I love this game. Uh, I think the Pelicans win in Sacramento and and do not allow them to light the beam. And Dude. I love uh, this New Orleans team. I think they're really good. I think the Kings are really good too, but I'll take the, the Pelicans that upset the Kings. I'm taking the Kings in this one. I think the Kings are awesome. I think um, <laughs> the Pelicans have burned me too many times, man. I can't believe sure. you're – to me, this is like <laughs> – Lucy in the football. Yeah, I was gonna say you going in the way you did. I thought if you go in, you're like, you know what? I could see an upset. I like the underdog. That's the safe one. You going in hot with like they're gonna play because the moment you buy the Pelicans, they embarrass you. They embarrass you. That's true. Uh, I think the Lakers beat the Suns. I know that the Suns are maybe the better team, but it's in LA. LA is really good. Good at home. I think LeBron shows up for this game because it's versus Kevin Durant, and I think yeah. the Lakers beat the Suns. I kind of think so too, even though I think the Suns are way better, but they haven't been playing enough. They haven't been playing enough. And LeBron is on another level, and there does feel to be like a Lake. Here's what I predict some questionable foul calls in this game. Lakers win. Pelicans over over Lakers. Oh, come on. Pelicans over Lakers, the entire team. We just talked about we just talked about how bad it was to go on Pelicans. You're going all the way, and the NBA is so mad. The Pelicans get past the Lakers and robs them of Lakers Celtics in the finals, and then the Celtics uh, win in the finals because that's when the Pelicans will be all injured and stuff. Um, It's it's boring to go Celtics, but man, the the bracket really worked out for them. So we'll see what happens. All right. That's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Have yourselves a great week. We'll be with you tomorrow talking about more stuff on the Nuggets as we get set for Wednesday's game, as well as we'll react to the in-season tournament night one. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On Nuggets.